and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plaster, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legende, it's the one and only, it's the daddy-o, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back, this is episode number 268, We've got a lot to get through this week, but as always, thank you very much indeed to everybody who's tuned into last week's show, we've got two very contrasting games to review this week, we'll talk about the main uh, talking points of each game rather than um, bore you to tears and make your ears bleed about some of the stuff we saw in the Crawley game. Um, we've got a fair bit of news actually, I think it's uh, I think it's good to say that uh, that's happened in the course of the last week, so in case you missed anything this week, we'll make sure that you haven't. But as always, we start with a word from our podcast sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. So we are proudly sponsored by AGF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And who doesn't love a percentage-off deal as this amazing company offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if that is getting your blood going, your pulse racing, and if you want more information, you can get that. If you can do this in various ways, you can go on the website, which is www.agefplastering.co.uk, or you can email Adam at the team at outlook.com or if you want to get in touch with the boys on social media, they are on every or most social media platforms, on Facebook and Instagram under agefplastering, or you can find Adam himself on Twitter under Big Ads with a Z L O F C. Very nicely done. So one piece of AOB this week. Unfortunately, um, it's not good news. We were very, very saddened to learn uh, that Heaven has taken another member of the Orient family as Rachel Mattox passed away last Monday. Uh, condolences go to David and all the family. We. Uh, it's never nice to, to, to read that and uh, David, thanks for getting in touch with us and um, we're, we're very sorry for your loss. Yeah, absolutely. So before we hit the week that was in, I guess I'll do supports club updates that we skipped over. So, oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. No problem. So coaches to Tranmere are leaving the supports club on Saturday the 18th of December. First for this one, £38 for adults, £35 for concessions and if you're under 16 you can go for £19. Early start this one. Coaches leaving the supports club half past eight in the morning for a three o'clock kickoff. Then probably the biggest away game of uh, the last few years since Solihull away. I would say this one, Stoke City, this Sunday night for January that we'll talk about a bit later on in the podcast. This one's leaving the uh, the ground at half past eight. Again, this one kicks off at the earlier time of two o'clock. Flat fare, thirty five quid. That is a bargain actually. Looking at the price, that's a great price. Uh, kids under fifteen. £18, no concessions for this one, 35 quid. And remember, folks, these prices do not include your match day ticket. So if you want to book for any of those trips, you can do so in the supporters club on a match day or by calling the travel line on 07507 539 I imagine the stoke demand will be quite high. Might yeah, be, might see at least two coaches at that one. And we were just looking um, at the train times earlier, and there's no prices up yet. So my spidey senses are telling me <laughs> that, that yeah that that there might be works rail works planned on that line, which is why the prices because usually you can book up to well, three months months. ahead. So the fact that there aren't prices there suggests to me that there might be something amiss there so we did the AOB out of sync there apologies but the week that was is now in chronological order we assure you that no more <laughs> mishaps will happen so happy Monday 
We start the week on Monday the 6th of December. It was the FA Cup third round draw and the O's were ball number 52 and we were third out the hat and we were drawn away to Stoke City with the tie to be played between the 7th and the 10th of January and obviously as we now know that is going to be on Sunday as you said just a second ago at 2pm the 9th of Jan. Your thoughts on that draw? I thought it was a decent draw actually. A big enough club where you can go and hope you might get a result. So it's not like you're getting, I don't know, like a Premier League team away and you're going just for the day out. We'll be going to Stoke, obviously, for the day out. But if they play like a second string team, you're thinking, oh, maybe, you know, FA Cup miracles do happen. So I think that was a decent draw. It's a ground that I don't think later on ever played at. I definitely don't remember going there. Not for a long time. It was like the old school Stadium, the old ground, yeah. I think it was. So, yeah, for me, I thought that was alright. So, a few people moaning, and obviously, we've got a few tweets coming up that, that aren't the happiest views about it. Yeah. I thought that was a fine draw. Right, well, Stoke are sixth in the championship at the moment. Um, they are doing pretty well, to be fair. Yeah. So, if they take it seriously and don't put a second string side to it, it will be a tough game. But I think if you cast your mind back, I said last week I was hoping for either one of the low ranked sides to get us further in and get more money into the club or a Prem side, for the exact reason that you just said, it'd be an away day. If we're away at a 60,000, 70,000-seater stadium, um, it, it, you know, that, that money will, will come in really, really handy if they fill that out. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine that Stoke fans are that impressed. Like, looking yeah. at it from the other side yeah. of things, they're not going to be that impressed drawing Leighton or in at home. It's not going to be a sellout for that one, I can't imagine. Certainly not in the home end. Um, we had quite a few tweets come in, uh, on that, as you said, PM three one nine seven O says, "What an anticlimax." <laughs> Joe Jessner sixteen said, "The only thing that would save this is dropping into Alton Towers on the way back, <laughs> but it's winter." <laughs> yeah, be brave. El Coado said, "I think I'm the only Orient fan happy with that draw. I live five minutes from the oh, ground. You had an absolute result. What an absolute touch! I actually get to go to a game and get home in less than two and a half hours." <laughs> Legend. So everyone, El Coado is your man for the local yeah. knowledge. All back to his after the match. Absolutely. For the, for the He's post-match. got a marquee up and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Forecast said, will be a decent crowd and a game we can win. Steve Latter said, am I the only one who is interested and actually thinking potentially we can win the game? We can do a Fulham or Portsmouth up the O's. Yeah, great shout. And E4 <coughs> Wizzo said, leaving the ground on Saturday, I said... We'll probably get something like Stoke away. Wish I'd put money on it. Can you do Stoke on a cold Sunday afternoon? Well, we shall see. So to Huey Tuesday then. The 7th of December. Happy birthday to youth team player Noah Phillips, who turned 17. Happy birthday, Noah. Happy birthday to Noah. And then the club announced on the same day that the kit supplier from next season won't be New Balance. It is moving to Puma. Mr. Levy. Yeah, I remember the last time we had... I've still got their kit. I really liked it with the... I had the blue one with the yellow pipe poker, yellow neck, uh, the yellow collar, mm. and the yellow stripes on it. Yeah, really liked it. Um, wasn't so keen on the home kit though. It had a V neck uh, yes. shape to yeah. it. It was quite tight fitting. I Harry didn't really Kane, like that. It? Yeah, the Harry Kane one. If you cast your mind back, but look, let's see what they've got. And and before, kind of, I'm sure everyone's probably already done it. But jumping on the bandwagon of you know we want our own type of kits, like you don't get that. It's just not going to happen. You look at the Spurs kit at Nike, it's the same as the England kit. You look at the Adidas kit that Man U have got, it's the same. It's just a template. I think Danny Macklin did say on the fans forum, I might be wrong, that it is a bespoke to uh, Orient, the Puma design, because he said it's already been signed off 
and that is bespoke. Whether it is or not, then we'll have to see because I don't know every Puma template. But he was they came up very um, shortly on the fans forum. So for me, I don't really like Puma. Okay, like kits. I like the trainers. And it's funny because when you're not paying attention, you don't really notice Puma, Puma kits. But since mm-hmm. we've had Puma, I suddenly started seeing clubs like Plymouth in Puma tops and like a few more Puma ones floating around. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. It's like anything, isn't it? You either like a design of a kit or you don't, irrespective of who makes it That's, or not. So, yeah. you know, I'm certainly hoping for a decent one. And good to see Matt Lockwood, obviously, working at Puma, back in there, back in the age of that relationship. So, yeah. All good, so hopefully we get nice kits next season. Yeah, that would be very, very nice indeed. Um, so, the winners of the club's player and goal of the month were announced uh, as follows. I'm sure you've all seen this, but we'll just quickly run through this anyway. Player was, quite rightly, Craig Clay yep. called that last week. Goal, Harry Smith's against Sutton, that volley. Steve, your views? No surprises, we called it last week on the pod, didn't we? We said <laughs> Craig Clay would probably most likely win player. And even though there were some good goals nominated for goal of the month, all of those goals were pretty good goals. They could only ever be one winner, based on the excellent strike Harry Smith versus Sutton. I think that's probably going to be goal, end up being goal of the season unless Theo or Dryner or Smith end up doing like a fifty yarder from the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is impossible. They all had merit. Yeah. They were all really good quality goals in their own rights, and they all had worthy. Um, nominees for for the player as well, but I think I think Craig Clay is is one of those that's that's probably arguably the most improved player in terms of his performance. There was always ability in there. We'd only really ever seen it at national league level, yeah. um, but now you are seeing a Craig Clay who's pl- clearly being played in a position that he wants to be played in. Is most effective at being played in and has that confidence and is putting in some some real first class performances. Um, yesterday. Aside because there wasn't anyone that had a good performance, <laughs> but that's not that's not on him. Yeah. Um, okay, so the main event of the day was yeah. Swindon Town at home. It certainly was. The team was announced at six forty-five. Lawrence Vigor <coughs> in goal at the back. Tom James, Alex Mitchell, Omar Beckel, Shadogi, and Theo Archibald. Centre of midfield was Hector Kipriano and Craig Clay. Dan Kemp in the number ten role, and the two up top, Aaron Drynan and Harry Smith on the bench. We had Byrne, Happy, Thompson, Young. Prattley Satiriu and Omatoye. Yeah, that side saw one change from Saturday's starting eleven as Alex Mitchell was back in the side, Adam Thompson dropped to the bench and Craig Clay made his 200th, 200th yeah. Orient appearance. Nice. Mental. However, in the warm-up, Hector Kiprianu injured himself and he was replaced by Darren Prattley. And for me, a team that I expected, I hope Hector's injury isn't too serious and doesn't keep him out too long but yeah I don't think there's any argument as to that starting 11 no I missed Hector getting injured he was warming up I went to get myself a, a chicken burger that was very nice actually uh, and chips we're talking, really John Mac- we're talking to John Macca mm. came back up and everyone was oh Hector's injured not playing so I missed that yeah agree with you although I think Thompson could consider himself unlucky for losing his place in the team based on the fact that he played 90 minutes against MK Dons and got a clean sheet the previous week and against Tranmere mm. and got a clean sheet and had done well but he's obviously been managed back after exactly a massive injury yeah. to play three games in a week for a guy that's played yeah. literally zero for nearly a year I yeah. think it's probably quite sensible that he was rested um, we had a couple of tweets come in on this Len Ching Chin Wan thought it was a formidable Orient team good to see Craig Clay make a start Swindon will make it difficult they have a solid away form uh, a solid they have a solid away form 
uh, going to uh, solid away from home side. Sorry, they have a solid. Thank you. They had have a solid away <laughs> from home side. Going to take a good defending, good defending and effort to take. Oh, I can't read tonight. Going to take good defending and effort to avoid giving them opportunities. I think Orient Orient can do it. I see this as an important test. You think doing this for eight years that you get used to reading tweets, but clearly not. Sorry, everyone. We are getting older. E10 yeah. Newmans. So I just want to say, well done to Craig Clay for reaching 200 club appearances. It was nice that Nigel Travis came and presented him yes. with the shirt. It's a 200. Although, Nigel, you didn't present us with a 200 shirt when we reached 200 episodes. Maybe we'll reach 300. We'll get a nice little presentation in front of the uh, entrance of the West End. Yeah, look forward to that. Thank you, Nigel. So, match kicked <laughs> off. It was eighth against fourth with one of the best home records in League Two facing one of the best away records in League Two. It was a good atmosphere in the ground. Swindon <laughs> bought over quite a few. They were quite loud. Mm. Tech was rammed walking up outside the Tech and on the wine bar next to it on the corner. It was also really busy from the outside. So, it felt like it was like a proper Tuesday night match that meant something and not like I don't know a Harrogate at home or like yeah, a Barrow 30 people. Like yeah it was nice it was like it felt like good, like a, a lot, bit was at stake in this match there was there, there was a record a couple of records the home yeah. and away records at, at stake well we're going to fast forward to the 12th minute unfortunately Craig Clay took a booking for a late tackle on McCurdy yeah it was a bit a few wild tackles going in McCurdy little guy ponytail low shorts low socks annoying but obviously like they're main focus of their team already getting a bit of stick from Orient fans so 18 minutes on the clock and the O's took the lead great goal long ball came found Shadogi uh, who trusted it brilliant done with his man found Tom James on the right hand side with an excellent cross with an excellent pass sorry and Tom James put in a beautiful cross found out during the near post smashes it into the net to put the O's one up Superb goal that originally this started off with, with Drynan forcing Conroy into a mistake and conceding a throw in that Swindon only cleared as far as Ogie. I mean, Ogie was obviously in our half, but you know, they, they, they tried to clear it further and get, get out, but they didn't. So, yeah, great goal, really good goal. That was the first attempt on goal from us up until then, it'd been really even. A great cross football from Ogie, yeah, great delivery from James and Drynan's <coughs> run that caused. Swindon problems all night they just yes, couldn't, couldn't handle live with him his yep. run was first class no keeper was saving that great finish uh, to put us a goal up so 29th minute in good build up play from Swindon Swindon were playing well it wasn't like we were having a bet with the ball Swindon were actually playing well and you could tell why they were a good side Yeah, they were again we'll come up to it in half time and their full time tweets Swindon got the ball forward quickly Jack Payne got his shot away and Vigory made a comfortable saving goal. Three minutes later, Harry McCurdy twisted and turned and dropped his shoulder to burst into the box. His cross flew across the goal and out of play. Bit of a let-off there. I thought Swindon had been huffing and puffing since we'd scored. Yeah. Like you said, you know they weren't just there to make up the numbers and were looking dangerous at times. So I think that was a, a good one to be let off of. Yeah, he was in there. It was They were they were in round the back of us. Yeah. They just couldn't find the final delivery. And Gladwin fired well over from close range after a corner came to him. So even though we were winning, they were having the majority of the chances at this point. Yeah, then the equalising goal for Swindon came in the 43rd minute as a Tom James corner saw Woolacott made a comfortable ca- make a comfortable catch. He immediately released Simpson, who broke away, fed Iandolo uh, on the left, and with the O's appealing for offside, his cross was headed in by McCurdy at the near post to level the scores. Disappointing goal to concede, considering it's from our corner, straight to Correct. the keeper's arms, yep. and they counter. I think every, all our players were appealing for offside. That it, was, it wasn't offside, and McCurdy was by himself, easy header. 
All that hard work. Got played to the whistle, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah, we got back in good numbers, but then when we appealed for offside, Iandolo, um, for Iandolo, everyone just literally yeah. stopped and switched off. You can't do that. It's a, from our perspective, that's a terrible goal to concede because that's literally taken them less than ten seconds to get from their goalkeeper yeah, into the back move. of our net. Uh, net. So yeah. But on the balance of play, I think you'd argue that one all is probably a fair result based on the balance it, yeah. of play. Um, there, two minutes of added time were played, and the second minute, Dan Kemp was booked for a nothing challenge as the teams went in one all at half time. Yeah, attendance was announced just over 4,000 at 4,020, with 955 away fans making the journey. So for me, I thought it was a decent half of football, actually. You can tell why both teams were up there. We were clinical, we were working hard, but not really creating much, which mm. I guess is a story. Of our season, Swindon decent, pinging it around while their final ball was letting them down. So going into the second half, I had no idea what was to come, and you wouldn't have thought the next forty-five would have gone the way they did. Mm, very much so. Attendance done four thousand, lovely. Big ads. LOFC tweeted they're saying Swindon are good. Make no mistake. Break quick, move quick, move the ball very quick. Tricky forward to defend against, but even half going to be a close game. I fancy us to nick it two-one. Far the better side. Than Forest Green, they were much better opinion. than Forest Green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Forest Green are very effective at what they what they do, obviously, because they're top by a mile. Mm. I think, but the, the Swindon were a better team, well, or played a better, maybe not a better team, but played a better style of attacking football. Which, considering they've only been cobbled together yeah, in the very summer, good. it's like there's obviously a good coach there and good players. Ben Chorley, director of football, yeah. there has done very well to bring those players in. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So, Orient, it is ironic. After dealing with all the pretty one touch stuff, we concede from direct football. On another note, the ref seems desperate to give them the points. The ref had a really shocking last five minutes of the half. He let, gave a few free kicks that weren't and gave like mm. a throw in that wasn't a throw in. Like, so, when half time whistle went, everyone was talking about the ref. Right. No one likes that. Stephen Orient said, Swindon are good. A bit shaky at the back, though, and we need to put them under pressure more, not just by long balls. I'm concerned our defence will get caught out by their pace again. Don't know why their 10 is not in the book yet either. The ref is a bit ropey. Yeah. yeah. So, to your point to your point earlier. Yeah, no changes for the O's at half-time. Second half got underway, and in the first minute, a superb cross from James was put into the Swindon box, but the danger was dealt with by Wollacott. 48 minutes on the clock now. Good move started by Theo Archibald. The ball came to Aaron Drinnen. His inviting cross couldn't find Dan Kemp, who was arriving into the six-yard box. Yes, yeah, Swindon started coming back into it. and An excellent save from Vigaru denied Kessler Hayden. And seconds later, both Tom James and Craig Clay were done, but, well, well, done outskilled by some nice skill by Londolo. He had a shot. Vigoru stood there and you could see it was going just wide. Well, it was going towards goal. Luckily for us, just wide of the post. I think if that, obviously one of those two chances goes in, it's a completely different game we're talking about. Yeah, yeah the, result, the result wouldn't be 4-1 for sure. Yeah. Omar Beckles went into the referee's book in the 54th minute. Yeah, so he did. In the 57th minute, the O's starting to come back in and Dan Kemp slid in Aaron Drynan <coughs> through his effort. It was just too tame to really test Wallacott from close range it was one of those where he was on the stretch couldn't get a connection to it just missed it minute later the O's retook the lead Darren Prattley looked like he'd lost the ball but he got a vital touch that went, meant the ball went to Theo Archibald and Theo Archibald's cross was prodded home by Drynan for his 13th goal of the season his 10th in the league so really good goal that the cross and the run from Drynan everything about that was fantastic great goal cross from Theo Theo I think we've said it numerous times on the podcast. He's the best crosser of from the left-hand side 
in the league for me. I don't know, I've not seen all league teams, but the way he can, he doesn't need to run up and smash across in there to get the power. He can get an obscene amount of power and backlift onto a cross and curve by just literally taking one step forward towards mm. it, which not many players can do. And again, Dryland's run off his man is fantastic. If you watch that goal back, look at Dryland, he's never standing still. One minute he's behind his defender, and the next minute he's in front of him, smashing the ball home. Great goal. Didn't really see that coming, so fantastic. And the O's were sniffing blood at this point, and Dryland intercepted a pass, drove forward, but he couldn't find Smith. And shortly after, a Tom James throw in reached the far post, Theo Archibald came agonisingly close but couldn't quite put the ball home. Yeah, but more good news is the O's went 3-1 up in the 63rd minute and it was another assist for Theo Archibald as his cross came to Harry, Harry Smith, who <laughs> was able to fire home from close range unchallenged to score our third of the game. His 10th league goal of the season as well to leave the O's fans going absolutely mental. Again, that cross, the whip on it, yeah. he's not right up to it, he's literally just literally one step in front of him, bang. And again, maybe a bit. Smith gets a bit lucky the way the ball hits him and it falls into his path. But he took it brilliantly at that point. So I think everyone was a bit shell shocked in the ground. Like the South Stand was going nuts. Yeah, it was great. Really, everyone like going good atmosphere. Yeah. Swindon fans were completely quiet. Their defenders were looking at each other, going, "What? What's, what's happened?" Just... We were like ten minutes ago. It was one all. We were like, "Well, in it," and we just run away. Brilliant. Yeah, great finish by Smith. Great, great assist. Very nice indeed. Uh, Shad Ogie was booked for time-wasting on a throw-in in the 75th minute. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, that one, because we were winning 3-1. He yeah. got done for time-wasting. But tempers were starting to fray. A few fouls were going in uh, and punished, punished by referee Darren Drysdale. Ref wasn't having a good game. You could tell Swindon were getting a bit leery. Both benches were giving it a bit. Yeah, it, You felt that one challenge could literally provoke like a... Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, which Darren Drysdale is a terrible referee. <laughs> Game, set and match came in the 82nd minute. Darren Prattley superbly pressured not one, but two Swindon players who turned over possession. He set Drynan away down the Orient right-hand side. Drynan then drove into the box and his shot was saved, but only into the... It was up and into the path of the oncoming Harry Smith who headed the ball into the net from close range to make it 4-1. Mental. How's your luck? Mental. I mean, that goal was typical of the second half performance from the O's. Um, you know, tenacity, bit of luck, hard work, and you get your rewards. Everyone's singing Smith's name. But to be fair, Harry Smith, he was pointing to Dryman and saying it's all down to him as well. Yeah. And we haven't got an... Well, I didn't go yesterday that we'll come on to, but at that point, we still don't have an Aaron Dryman song. So everyone's singing, Harry, Harry which mm. is a bit boring. I'm sure there's better songs that probably could be found out there. Uh, but then when you're up against Ole Ole, Cray Clay, then, you know, not the most inventive of songs. But anyway, Aaron Dryland hasn't got a song. So everyone's singing Smith's name, and Smith's pointing at Dryland going, can you sing for him? But there's no song for him. But it just goes to show you, did, like, their Someone did put something out. Did they sing it, though? No, yesterday? someone put it on, on social media, and it will come to me. I know, I can't I remember Joe, uh, oh, Joe Daniel did it. Yeah, I mean, there's a few suggestions, but until anything gets sung in the stand. But yeah, it's not obviously, yeah, Harry was trying to get that up. But really good goal. And Pratt, well done, Prattley, for winning the ball. However, if, was I was, a foul. If, I was, if we were sitting here on the Swindon outlet, we'd be going, how on earth is that ref not giving a foul? Foul, yeah. Because yeah, Prattley was... winning quite harsh on him. Yeah. But, you know, when you like to see, you like to see him 4-1, job done. Exactly. 89 minutes. It was the first Leighton Orient substitution as Aaron Drynan came off to a standing ovation and was replaced by Ruel Sartori. Yeah, he certainly did. And six minutes of added time were played in the first minute. It was the second Orient sub as Tyrese Omotoy 
replaced Harry Smith, who also came off to a standing ovation. Nothing else to mention as the referee brought the match to a close with the Iron Express steamrolling Swindon out of the way with an excellent 4-1 victory. Yeah, so Kenny Jackett's interview is on the club's YouTube channel. No point us playing that now as it's nearly a week out. Uh, out. Um, so we move on then to the league table and that win sees us move into seven. Yeah, it certainly does. Well, yeah, at that point we play 20, we'd won seven, drawn 10, lost three. Goal difference of plus 18, which is Mental. phenomenal. Yeah. And points, 31. So, Mr Bearded Lejande, your views on Swindon? Yeah, I mean, what isn't what what can I say that hasn't already been put out there that people have seen? Superb yeah. result, every player was on it, ran themselves into the ground, chasing everything, really focused, high concentration levels, apart from their goal uh, when we decided yeah. to stop playing. Possibly practice best game for us. Um, <laughs> Dan Bradley's going to be spoken which, about a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Yes, which then contrasts to yesterday's <laughs> game. I think the first half, Swindon probably edged it a bit. Second half, probably one of the best performances. And we just blew them away. They just could not live with us. Both of our strikers are now in double figures, uh, which is fantastic. Believe, Archibald's yeah. crosses are dangerous. It's a great weapon for us. And you can see why, despite him not being played in his preferred position... The benefit that he brings to the side when we're attacking is greater than the negative that he has not being a defender. You know, just his two crosses have, yeah. led, have led to two goals. So Kenny wants him in the. He'd rather have him on the pitch rather than not, and has accommodated him that way. He's literally the James Brophy conversations we've been having for the last <laughs> three years. Yeah. You know, but in this case, Theo Archibald, you know, is is an outright attacking player. There's no question or doubt. The two jobs are very very different. Um, so pleased to have beaten another playoff contender uh, and so convincingly as well and there really is such high quality in our, in our side now it's difficult not to get excited but not to get carried away I finish by saying I hope we don't go and lose to Crawley now <laughs> well, what you... an absolute epiphany that unfortunately turned out to be yeah so my views on that one I thought well, that was a really enjoyable match that's probably my match of the season so far that I've seen. I think I've seen bigger wins in terms of Hartlepool or Sutton or four nils and Tramies or whatever. Hold them. I thought just due to the how good Swindon were in that first half and the fact no, if you would have said at half time you're gonna win this match four one, you'd have been no we're not. Shut yeah. up. What's in your ball? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first half was difficult, they caused us problems. We came we came through it though, and that yeah, that second forty five was probably the best half of football I've seen in a long, long time. Clinical up front, movement was great, high press, desire, attitude just blew them away. They just did not know what hit them. Yeah. And they are a good team. You know, they will they will easily be up there. Smith and Dryan are phenomenal. Like in terms of their partnership, the way they both took their chances that came to them. It's great. Quality balls into the box from Theo on the left and James on the right hand side. Again, superb. Another assist for James, two assists for Archibald, which we've already spoken about. I put hopefully this is the real kickstarter for the season. You felt there was one performance away from the season really being kick-started. And I thought that could have been it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're coming to Saturday shortly. And we were back off in the playoff places from there. And I stole this from D3, D4 football, who put Leighton Orient's Harry Smith, 11 goals, and Aaron Dryan, 10 goals, have combined for 21 goals in League 2 this season. That's more than eight other sides in the division have managed in total. Wow. What a stat. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, so you know, I, I left the ground... On that's Tuesday crazy. night, as did most of our Orient fans, thinking, right, this is it. That's that's <laughs> the kickstarter. This is it. There's only one way up now, mm. and it's forward. Oh, yeah, dear. wow. Well, how wrong <laughs> we can be. So, 
We had a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone for your views that came into our social media accounts, which are now, as you probably know by now, are sponsored by Town & Country, Hearts & Essex Estate Agents. They're Hearts Town on Twitter. Also, the main guy, at Charlie underscore Paul, with an E on the end, um, are the two main points of contact there for you. Good to see you uh, after the game yesterday on the Tube, Charlie. Uh, and again, we're going to try and read out as many of these as possible, but just because we do read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with all of them. O's fan basing kicks it off this week. He said, brilliant second half. Really didn't see that coming. Looking so dangerous going forward. The defence has been excellent. So well organised. Yeah, Maka Coleman, 73. So teams will fear coming to Brisbane Road. We've scored a ridiculous amount of goals at home and conceded very few. Kenny and the team have certainly turned Brizzy Road into a fortress. Just need to address the away form, and we'll be right up there. Yeah, Alan Reeves too said, at half-time, I thought we'd be lucky to get a draw. Second half was superb, all round, all round from the O's. Swindon are the best side I've seen this season, and the second half, we had too much for them. Think the two up front, though, through the middle, has made the difference recently. Yeah, it has. If you remember, PSC's season, it was three up front, but it was one in the middle, and... One on, either left, side. one on the right having Dryden and Smith has been fantastic playing yeah. together in the middle yeah absolutely Daniel underscore D underscore 44 it's an exceptional second half performance against one of the best teams in the league took our goals so well and Swindon barely threatened great to see Clay playing his 200th game and at times I had my doubts about him but he's proved me wrong and has become an Orient legend there you go uh, Phalanx235 said another game scoring four the second highest scorers in the league we iron out these inconsistencies and I think we even have a chance of automatic. What can you say other than almost perfect? Beat a team in around us and did it in style. All you can ask for, really. Yeah, absolutely. Simon 08 Edward said, so What have we just seen? Probably the best team performance by the O's in many, many a long year. Swindon were excellent, but we were too. Bloody good and the work rate from kickoff was exceptional. <clears throat> Kenny's at the wheel. At the wheel. It's... <laughs> We should have known what was going to happen. Like after getting, this, getting too high after getting a win. Yeah, of course, absolutely. It's it's the Orient way to then go and lose a game that you probably shouldn't. Gary Talbot seven said top staff have to had to stay in the game for a long period, but then blew them away. We all know we just need and uh, to notch a few away wins to be banging with a chance of the top three. Just to come back, I didn't mention it in my. Um, well, maybe I'm not sure if I mention it later, so I'll say it now. Teams that want to come and play football are absolute gold for us. Yeah, That's exactly what we want. Teams that don't come and try to stop us and be aggravative, aggravating, sorry, we just don't know how to deal with them. And that's the, that's the contrast. If you're a scout, though, <clears throat> and, you're what, and you say if you're the Trammy scout, and I imagine that the Trammy scout has watched us against Swindon and has watched us against Crawley, you'd be going, just rough them up. Just rough them up. Just put just put men behind the ball. Just don't yeah. do many space behind you. Yeah. Fine. They'll crump, like just yeah. pump them. Niggly fouls. Them. Don't get booked. Absolutely. Just niggly ones. Exactly. And, yeah. that's up, and that's up to Kenny and Joe to make sure that, that gets turned around. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Masters underscore James D said really impressive. Fort Swindon looked excellent first half, but second half we just stepped up a level. So clinical, and I can't remember us being so deadly in front of goal. Managed the game brilliantly too. Got to back it up now. Lewis Fear underscore said, I think the scoreline doesn't really tell you the full story here. Great result for us and played, and played some lovely play for the goals, but Swindon are the second best team we've seen at home this season. They were decent, but couldn't handle our crosses or our quick counters. Shows you kind of how well Orient played in the second half. When the team you beat 4-1, most fans are saying they're a bloody good team and they played well. 
the fact that we absolutely spanked him as well. Yeah. I told you something. Yeah. Dave N. Nels, new word, new Twitter handle for me. I've not recognised that one. It's a fantastic second half against a good footballing side. Goes back to say Drynan needs a song. He yeah. does. Stroud Greeno said, thought we were pretty uh, good first half, staying well organised against an impressive Swindon side. Second half was just a whole new level though. Absolutely superb. I feel confident it's only a matter of time before we replicate that ruthlessness in front of goal away from home. Yeah, Paul Skinner, 88. So at half time, I texted my dad and said, fairly good but beatable. Second half, we made them look bad average. Great work from everyone to a man. Love Tuesday nights like that. Mm. They are saying chaos. Really makes your week, doesn't it? Yeah. A penultimate word on this one goes to Philip Wicello, who said, what a team with the second best away record in Skybet League 2. Meets a team with the, with the best home record. The outcome could have been much closer. With a clinical second half demolition of Swindon, the O's have scored more goals per match at home than in any season for 30 years. Great stat from Philip, the stat man at the That's moment. It's incredible, yeah. Final word against Swindon goes to Boatsy. So what a performance against a very good team. Second half, it's been incredible from every player. Smith and Dryden on fire. Team works so hard with them without the ball. Love the high tempo. We are entertaining. This is a statement of intent. A massive win. Yeah, so that rounds up the views for Swindon. The Carol Langley Flores Prediction League was in full effect on Tuesday night. Sponsors Carol Langley are an established local business in Chingford, East London. We're proud to be supporting each other. Uh, Specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events, from a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or an event, or if you're looking for a decent, good quality Christmas tree, John and the team are ready to help you. At Carol Langley E4 or at Essex Biz. Are, are, are the social media accounts Twitter social media account. actually they're on they're Instagram on Insta, yeah. as well so uh, you can get in touch with John Tina and the team um, and they will help you there massive 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 kudos to Lewis Crump 33 who correctly predicted not only the 4-1 scoreline but also two scorers so he gets five out of the six points that were available for that game so top of the prediction legal table Prediction League table roundup will follow at the end of the podcast. Yeah, so it does. So that rounds up Swindon and the Tuesday. So let's move on into Wednesday, the 8th of December. Busy week at the club's loft held their AGM. This one was virtually done, it was over Zoom. And at the end, they had a QA with the one and only Mr. Dean Cox. So we move on then to Thursday, the 9th of December. The club announced that due to the O's progress in the third round of the FA Cup, Our league fixture away to Bradford City, that was due to be played on the 9th of January, will now be played Tuesday the 1st of February. Yeah, can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Bradford? In Bradford, there you go. Also on Thursday, the club held its fan forum with Nigel Travis, Martin Lynn, Danny Macklin, Nick Samaka and Coley Parry. So this is all on YouTube. It's quite long actually, this one. It's about an hour 20 um, so that was done with Luke and the board as we just mentioned we're not going to talk you through every talking point but there were some main points that came out of it uh, the biggest one as I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has seen after four years at the club O's CEO Danny Macklin has announced that he's leaving the club at the end of February to move on to new pastures so from us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers we wish Danny Macklin all the best what a four years it has been and we are going to miss really it. eventful isn't it really eventful yeah. um, coming in where there was nothing set up Marshall obviously steadied the ship and tried to help get us into a fit and proper state for when Danny took over 
then there's obviously the National League to deal with. There's the promotion, the sad passing of Justin, COVID, yeah. all the changes with the EFL, this now, this fan-led review and mental. Yeah, he's done a, what a four years. phenomenal, phenomenal job. job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's sacrifices that that man's made to his family and his kids that you wouldn't ask someone to do. So, you know, fair play to Danny. Yeah. Fair, he, more than fair play. Yeah. Doth my respectful cap to you. He loves Seriously, you. it's yeah. good. He loves you on the Outlook podcast and we love him back. So, yeah. well done, Danny Macklin. Other points that are worth talking about. Joe Austin, analyst at Orient, he's only going to work for bloody Manchester City. Not just any team at Manchester City either. The first yeah. team of Manchester with Pep Guardiola's like Amazing. Amazing. Well done. Well done, Joe. Yeah, all the best of luck to you, Joe, on your next move. Incredible, really. Yeah, it is. Absolutely is. You know, Premier League champions and, and with what they have going it's on amazing. there. It just shows you what, what uh, it's going to be a really tough act to, to replace. But speaking of replacements, very, very pleased to hear that Keaton Patel, who you may remember left us in the summer to go to Sunderland, is now coming back from Sunderland and hopefully get to the bottom of Paul Smith and Callum O'Reilly's injuries and get them fit and proper <laughs> for us. I, I say that seriously because I think that's obviously the reason why right, the other well, physios now no longer with us and Keaton's going to come back and help fix them and save save our se- save their seasons. Rather you than me, Keaton, because those hamstrings snap easier than, uh, than well, anything else. Yeah. He's dealt with some injuries <laughs> in his <laughs> yeah. time at Orient, so... Yeah. So Keaton is back. Also, uh, they revealed that the loss this year is expected to be somewhere between £1.5 million and £1.8 million. Pounds. So still an awful, awful lot of money. Yeah, that is an awful lot of money. So, um, yes, thank you to to those that are footing that. Um, the Tracy Crouch report was briefly mentioned yeah, as well. Brief. You could do a whole thing just well, on the Tracy Crouch Well, they mentioned they might report. actually do something bigger around yeah. the Tracy Crouch report. Something that Nigel was obviously very... Very Close interested. In, yeah, yeah. They, uh, Martin Ling also spoke about how they will review the loan uh, signings uh, in January. So Theo, Tyrese and Alex Mitchell will have you know their reviews in January, see how it's going, hopefully. They're on season-long loans, though. They are, but, but I, I someone guess. like Tyrese, I would imagine, well, you've not really played. Are you happy to <clears throat> warm our bench? And again, noise might be like, well, we'll send him a level lower if it's going to get him first-team football. So I imagine there's conversations to be had there. I would be surprised if Tyrese or... Sorry, if Alex Mitchell or Theo end up leaving. But yeah, you never know. Lincoln are having a real tough time. I think I saw on Sky Sports this morning. They scored two goals yesterday. I know with their first goals in the league since October. And they still drew the game. Mm. So I don't know where Lincoln are in the league. I imagine they're somewhere near the bottom based on their scoring record. So hopefully we can keep Theo. So yeah, that was discussed. Yeah, I read that uh, in Millwall Press that Gary uh, Rowett had said that there's no that they didn't want they didn't want Alex Mitchell cup tied in case they needed him yeah. to recall him back if they got injuries. So they didn't want to recall him um, and then him not be eligible to play. There's no point to him just coming to sit on the bench. So hopefully they won't recall him. I, but they've left it open for them to do that. I imagine they, they might let him play against Stoke. Bear in mind that Millwall are also in action this third round now, so it's not like Millwall are going to well. But if Millwall get through, I'd be surprised if they if they don't let him play against Stoke. It'd be it'd be more beneficial for him to play at Stoke than to be on the bench for someone when he gets recalled because he ain't going to. I'd be surprised yeah. if he makes the first team. Also spoke about contracts specifically, Tom James and Martin Ling, obviously putting his not his foot in it, but obviously saying oh Tom James is right back is the only position that we don't really have backup for. So I think what should happen to Tom, and obviously we come on to Saturday. 
Um, but the club are obviously well aware of how well Tom He's James done, has played this yeah. season and how short his one-year deal is. Yeah, and the final point that we're just going to mention about coronavirus restrictions. So, COVID, Danny Macklin said, COVID passes won't be in place here due to attendances being less than the 10,000 spectators, which is the threshold that the government have set. However, face masks are still encouraged and we would like people to still consider their fellow spectators. Okie doke. All right, yeah, that's yeah. safe. That's all on YouTube. If you've got a spare hour, 15, hour 20, well worth a watch. I it on in the background the other day. It was good, good factual stuff. So, so Kenny Friday, then, 10th of December, Skybet League 2 nominated Harry Smith's goal against Sutton for their November goal of the month. So he's up against Omar Bugle for Sutton and Jamie Belden for Oldham. So good luck, Harry. I think it was close when I voted. It was quite close between him and one of the other goals. Omar. Had pulled away. So fingers crossed yeah. Harry takes that. I think that finishes tomorrow or Tuesday at some point. Yeah. So fingers crossed for Harry Smith. Yep, the club announced that the forthcoming FA Cup third round tie away to Stoke would be played on Sunday the 9th of January, kicking off at 2 o'clock as we said earlier, as the game has been selected for international broadcasting for which the club will receive £32,500 in fees. Yeah, okay, so that is now a Sunday, not the Saturday. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah, I was... I would have been happy if that was a Saturday, but I understand why you take the first two and a half grand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Much happier. Yeah, so I'm a and Hector Kipriani were voted into the FA Cup team of the second round on Friday. So well done to those chaps. Yeah, decent, decent week for yeah, very good, like that. very good. Saturday the 11th of December. Then the main event was Crawley Town at home. Before the game, as always, we run a Twitter poll to find out how you think the O's will get on in this one. And after 234 votes in just under 24 hours. The voting ended as follows. 6% thought we'd lose. <laughs> and at the time I laughed. 12% thought we'd draw. And a whopping 82% thought that we would win that one. Yeah. Just always. goes to show you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thanks to everyone yeah. who took the time to vote. And yeah. that went out late. That went out on Friday. So thanks Friday, to everyone. Yeah. That's, that's a good <laughs> number. So at 2 o'clock, the team was announced with Vigaru in go at the back. Tom James, Alex Mitchell, Adam Thompson, Shad Ogie and Theo Archibald. Centre of midfield, Darren Prattley and Craig Clay. Dan Kemp in a number 10 role with Aaron Dryman <coughs> and Harry Smith up top. On the bench for this one, we had Byrne, Wood, Happy, Young, Papadopoulos, Omotoyi and Ross Siri. That starting side saw one enforced change as Omar Beckles missed out as he'd apparently been in contact with someone who has COVID. So Adam Thompson took his place and Darren Prattley retained his place in the starting lineup as Hector Kiprianu is still not fit to play after pulling up. Uh, in the warm-up in uh, against Swindon on Tuesday night. So, yeah, largely as expected. Uh, I, I wrote my, my pre-match notes as I'm not expecting this to be a walk the walkover that everyone else thinks it's going to be. Our record against them isn't good either. But, you know, like I said earlier, you know, a team that wants to come and play football uh, will do very well against a team that isn't doing very well, that is going to be difficult. It's, it's just one of those... Yeah, I mean, no surprises with that team, apart from Beckles. Um, yeah. But, you know, you've got Adam Thompson ready to step in and Dan Happy on the bench also. So it wasn't like you were thinking, oh, what are we going to do sent, like, from that position? You've got two good players ready to step up. I did, <laughs> when I was, so I didn't go yesterday, I was driving, my wife was driving back when the team was announced. And I, I, look, I remember looking at the team, looking at their team, looking at the Twitter poll results, and looking at all these predictions that were coming through, like 4-1, 3-0, 3-1, there was even a 6-1, which was ludicrous, 5-0, yeah. yeah. and I, 
And I text my Orient WhatsApp group and said, we're going to lose today, one nil. I said, everyone, no one's taking it seriously. I, like, I, I mm. didn't like, look at the Twitter poll when no one's taking it seriously. All week, from every channel that I've seen them on, whether it's fans or the club saying, right, this, now we're going to push them to do it. No one was talking about Crawley. I thought this is the perfect time to come to Leighton Orient. Yeah. Because everyone's just saying how good we are. Yeah. And they'd obviously done their uh, research. We obviously, had, we obviously had Glenn Morris that came back. We had Tony Craig that came back as well. He was on loan in 2011 to us. I think he played four games for us back in 2011 uh, under Russell Slade. I remember that. Um, so, yeah, we had a couple of XOs. And Glenn Morris has, has done very well. Glenn Morris has just got better with age. Like yeah, fine yeah, wine, fine wine. He <laughs> really is. We had a few tweets that came in once this team was announced. Yeah, Dan Orton, 2590, started off the same... I was going to say that after the training video yesterday, that the one player I didn't see was Beckles. But a big chance for Thompson. Not great for Happy going forward. I mean, ultimately now, Dan Happy is fifth choice centre-back. Because even when one of your starting three get injured, Thompson's then called upon. If you're Dan Happy, you must be sitting there going, fifth choice. Mm. That ain't great. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe he'll be looking for other ways yeah. uh, I, I think his contract ends in the summer so um, Orion underscore 36 said Beckles would be a miss but we have enough depth at centre back to cover for him agree with that Billy yeah. Cowell GB said Beckles being out is a major blow sticking to a back three with him missing could be costly and why are we still starting Prattley I'd rather Young or Papadopoulos so some good points there. obviously the main talking point was Omar Beckles again these days, when someone gets injured or unavailable, the club don't talk about it until the team's announced at yeah, 2 o'clock. So fair enough. everyone's reacting to it because you don't want to show show your hand or something. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to give uh, heads up to, to the opposition. So, Orient got the match underway in a cold and wet E10. It's fair to say Crawley started much more brightly and arguably should have been ahead in the 11th minute after Nadesan found himself in on goal, but his shot was weak and it was an easy save for Lawrence Vigarou. A minute later... From a Crawley goal kick, Ferry darted in from the left, runs straight through at Vigarou, nicked it past him, but then loses his foot in. His effort is saved on the line. Crawley looking much sharper. Early early does. I mean, uh, again, you could say in the build-up to the second chance, Thompson gets beaten in the air too easily, which is how Ferry gets in on the left. But quite lucky there. Had they been a bit more better at their finishing, we would have been a goal down. Mm. Yeah, really bad there. So, Shad Ogie went into the book shortly after. As he pulled back power. That's two bookings in a week for Shadow. He don't know what he's on, but obviously now it's ten until you get banned. So I'm presuming he's nowhere near ten. He might be around five or six. I yeah, well, I thought about four. Yeah, Glenn Morris's cat reflexes denied Harry Smith from close range at the near post, following some decent build-up play from the O's in the 24th minute. Decent save that, and I don't like it when the O's shoot towards the south stand in the first half. No. Doesn't feel right, does it? They've clearly done something there. Yeah. they've clearly chosen. Oh, obviously their fans were down our end yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. and they obviously got the f- uh, toss of the coin. And they wanted to shoot that way second half. Yeah. Yeah, it did, never feels right. It doesn't, it feels horrible. The balance had been spoiled. Something is off. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter at play. Half 32nd minute, and Harry Smith got booked for what looked like a really soft challenge. So he tried to use his strength against his man. Ref having nothing, none of it to yeah. him. Look, you can't hang the ref out to dry. He's, you know, it's not his fault that we've lost this game, but some of his decisions were <laughs> absolutely appalling. He's had a terrible day, that ref. Um, 37 minutes on the clock or oh, no, you've, oh you've, sorry you've I've skipped, skipped too far ahead Crawley took the lead yeah. beg your pardon from the <laughs> resulting free kick that was punted into our left hand side from the Crawley half uh, the ball got past here at Archibald and it came to Davis who squared to Frankham who buried it past Vigarou now you made an interesting point when you were talking about Theo's assist saying defensively he's not the best 
best, but this is what he miscontrols that. He does miscontrol that, and if that's Connor Woods, you have to ask the question: Does Connor Wood miscontrol that, or does he take it from a more defensive angle, knowing where his right winger is going to be behind so him? So we're talking about positioning for Connor Wood versus positioning for Theo Archibald. Well, I guess nine times out of ten, there'd be a huge difference. I guess nine times out of ten, Theo Archibald stops that ball quite easily. He doesn't yeah. make that mistake. However, yeah. he does. And if the ball went out of play or their player crosses it and no one gets there, then we don't talk about it. However, the guy gets it, squares it, and a great finish from Franklin, to be fair, no to one put to them in the lead. But they've obviously done the homework because, again, like we'll say with the goal later, it's a pretty similar move. Getting the ball in the box, putting it back across goal, nobody following the runner. Thank you, 1 0. Yeah. But a good finish, no chance there for, for Viggs, but disappointing goal yeah. to concede. If, if Theo's foot was an inch lower, the, his insole would have caught that rather than his that rather than it glide under his studs. Yeah, it's just it's just a mistiming on Theo's part, and I get that. Yeah, arguably, would Connor would have been positioned himself better body wise yeah, yeah. and all of that to to have dealt with that. But yeah, uh, you, yeah, you're right. It's, yeah. and it, and it's happened and it's cost us one mistake and it's Absolutely, just cost us. Yeah, 37th minute, Orient won a free kick. Tom James was fouled by Ferry, who was booked, but unfortunately, Tom James could not continue. It's Dan Happy was brought on to replace him. So lots and lots of views post-match that we'll come on to on yeah. this one. But interesting People, choice of replacement there from Kenny. Yeah, just, just before we move on to that though, I didn't think... People thought that Tom James was fouled in that and that should have been um, a booking of some sort. I actually think that he's uh, overstretched on that. Uh, oh. I haven't watched the replay yeah. back to that. I probably should have done because I had loads of time on my hands. But... From when I watched that, I thought he'd overstretched that and and kind of slid, yeah. and that made it look worse than it was. But yeah, so he came off happy on the big I guess talking we'll talk, point. A big talking point. Obviously, you got Connor Woods, mm. who's not a right wing back, but obviously Theo Archibald's played at right wing back. So in theory, you could have put Theo on the right, mm. Connor on the left, and you could have kept your shape. Maybe he's been tried to be a bit too clever there because he ends up moving Alex Mitchell, doesn't he? To right, to right, that, yeah, that didn't work. Well, Alex Mitchell he looked out of his depth because he was out of his depth. Yeah, young defender. He, he played out of position when you're one 0 down against a team like Crawley. But I guess we'll, uh, there's going to be a lot of tweets on that. Alex Mitchell is an old-fashioned English he's, he's centre John, half. He's Terry for effect, didn't he? Like a big, yeah. big strapping bloke. Boy, same same yeah. game. Thick he's going to throw his body in front of the ball. He's going to head it away. He's not going to be able to. Uh, he's follow, a brute. Follow. He's uh, a, brute. a fast young. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're better off putting the experienced Adam Thompson at that right. Even though Adam's not got the pace for it, the experience will tell him that he would do better than Alex Mitchell. I think that was a bit unfair on the on the boy. To be fair. Uh, Dan Kemp was caught in possession in the Crawley half in the 39th minute and Crawley countered as Nadison uh, shot just wide. And that's a huge let-off for us because Dan Kemp was real... Like I mentioned that point specifically because it didn't just happen the once, it happens later again. He just looked really lightweight and he was dispossessed really easily, which for a lad of his skill, his skill set, that shouldn't be happening really. No, he's going to have to do better. I'll Pocket pick, pick too easily. Yeah. yeah, 42nd minute, another counter attack from Crawley. This time, Shadogi was dispossessed. Crawley went up our end. Happy, did well enough, though, to get the ball out for a corner. Yeah, poor from Shad. Poor from Shad there. 43 minutes on the clock now. Aaron Drynan led a counter-attack for the O's as he passed to Dan Kemp, who was easily dispossessed. Not, as I said, for the first time. Yeah, so making that point there. Yeah, three minutes of time were added on. Played out as a poor first-half display. Ball to a close with the O's training. 1-0. Yeah, attendance was announced. As 5,142 with just 300 
and 83 from Crawley. And we had a few tweets that's, that came that's in. rubbish away attendance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, especially as it's fairly local. I didn't realise how late that was. That's rubbish, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so W. Smith, 125. It's a dead game, dead crowd. We're on our usual top second half performances. That's going to be tough. Yeah. about James they were quite loud though the Crawley fans to be fair Kid Samson O said lifeless first half from us lucky to only be one down Crawley's energy and work rate far exceeds ours which is absolutely spot on Clay Anonymous practically only noticeable in a bad way and Kemp and Theo barely seen the ball a second half of time wasting and frustration away spot on tweet called it called it absolutely, absolutely <laughs> called it spot on no changes for the O's at half time Crawley got the second half underway, 51st minute, Dan Prattley gave away needless free kick about 35 yards out, dead centre, Vigoru's goal, but the free kick saved by Viggs. Yeah, thankfully. Second corner of the half in the 54th minute, but Theo Archibald's corner didn't beat the first man. What's going on with our corners? I'll tell you, from at, Theo. at least 50% of the corners, whether it's from Theo, whether it's from Dan Kemp, whether it's even from Tom James, don't beat the first man. You know, we saw on Tuesday night, corner straight into the keeper's arms from Archibald. Thank you very much. 15 seconds yeah. later, we're picking the ball out of our net. Mm. And at the beginning of the season, our corners were like immense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what's happened with our corners. It's not been great. But, however, the equaliser for the O's came shortly after in the 61st minutes. Theo Archibald got the ball on the right-hand side, put in a cross-come shot. I don't know what Theo Archibald done. I don't think he meant it. <laughs> I don't think he meant this at all. I think he... I don't know what he's done. I don't know if the wind's carried it or whatever. Anyway, right. he put it across... Mm. Floated towards the back post, beat Glenn Morris from a cute angle as the ball hit the bar, rebounded off Glenn Morris's back or head to go in the net to give the O's a fortunate equaliser. One all, lucky, but we'll take it. Glenn Morris still loves the Orient, wants to come back and is proving his allegiance by even scoring on goals. Our goals for us, helping us out, knowing that we're not doing very well. (laughs) Top men. Um, From the south stand, that looked spectacular. I bet it did, yeah. It really did, Um, but it was a huge piece of luck. We didn't deserve it, but I will take it. It made me laugh because when you're watching it back on the highlights, as soon as he connects and you see the ball go really hard, you hear, you hear like the collective moan, and then and then you see it go, bing. Darren, Darren sat next to me. Went, what on earth is he doing? And then he went, oh yeah, I did he? <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, no, cracked up. But four minutes later, Crawley were head ahead again as a counter attack saw our defence all over the place. And the ball was played to our right hand side and pulled back across goal with Quezzi Appiah burying it past the hapless Lawrence Vigoru to make it two one to the visitors. What a shame. Level performing at one, or you're thinking, right, go and win this game. Like, same old, same old. Not been great at first half. We've got a decent goal in the second half, got half an hour left. Crowd behind them now. Let's go mm-hmm, and win it. Mm-hmm. Four minutes later, it's 2 1 to them. I think Crawley had obviously done their homework on us. Again, that pullback, oncoming player. If it wasn't happy, I think there was like another two waiting for the ball. Really disappointing. No mm-hmm. chance for Guru. And again, giving ourselves a mountain to climb. Rubbish. Really bad. Really rubbish. Really poor. Because you think, all right, let's not get all silly here. Let's not lose our heads. We've just got a piece of good fortune to get back in the game. Absolutely. Now let's, like, maybe their heads will drop and for us to get our tails up and, and yeah. proceed, press on. And maybe we can nick a win here or at least certainly not lose it. But that wasn't meant to be. Craig Clay took one for the team in the 72nd minute as he got a book in uh, for, I think, preventing a, a, a counter-attack, actually. Yes. Good. Mm, well. which, he, which I said that was a... Yeah, well done, do. Craig. Yeah, seventy-third minute, then, double sub for the O's as Mitchell was replaced by Matt Young. Shad Ogie was replaced by Connor Woods. This saw Craig Clay go to right back. Connor would go to left back with Young alongside Darren Prattley in the centre of midfield. 
Yes, 81 minutes on the clock. Dan Happy was booked for a wild sliding tackle as he tried to stop a quick-thinking free kick from Crawley after Adam Thompson was judged to have fouled their man, who went down very, very easily. Full-blown bleep housery from Crawley oh, throughout this whole but, game. But I've not mentioned it because I don't want to give them that much credit. But that's what they were going to do. That's, yeah. that's what you do. You get in the refs here all the time, complaining about <clears throat> everything, taking ages to do their throw-ins. Game plan. Yeah. Again, if you speak to, is it Yams or Yems, he would he'll tell you like his game plan wiped the treat. Be patting, the, patting themselves on the back. Yeah. But, however, if the O's are winning or playing better, then they don't do that because they can't do that. Yeah. So there's no point. So it's making sure that they're not in that position to then do that. There was one point where one of the first team coaching staff went to get the ball that was coming just along the West End perimeter yeah. there, barrier there, and he was like preventing us from taking a throw in. And then he decides, rather than sitting on the box that he was sitting on, he was going to sit on the advertising hoardings in front of our fans. And then the, the fourth official told him to come Oh, in. really? So this was bleep housery going on, even from the bench. <laughs> Brilliant. 84th minute. Stop and play after Francis Letty went down in our box, holding his knee. Wow. Harry Smith had words, and Vigoury tried to force him up. And then Vigoury went down, clutching his groin. As if he'd been struck, but nothing happened. I like say that. as if he'd been struck. He, he obviously had been struck. Um, the referee did nothing about it, okay. uh, gave them both a talking to, but the man's like kicked it, like hit him in, okay. in, in, in his groin, which, which isn't cricket. Um, that's not cool, and I, I don't really believe the guy was, was, that, was injured either. I think it's just more tactics. 86 minutes on the clock, Connor Wood, uh, who'd only who'd not long been on uh, the pitch, was booked for, uh, for a foul as he tried to stop a Crawley attack. Lots Fair of, play. Lots of yellow cards, lots of fouls going on in this one. Giving him out like Clinton's. We haven't even started yet. Six minutes of time were added on. Darren Prattley was booked in the first additional minute and a second yellow card followed him in the fifth additional minute after a tangle and a counter-attack. He was sent off. Gone. Don't know if there was that much. In fairness to him... I don't know that there was that much that he could have done to not have tangled with that player because they were just both running back. Maybe I've misremembered that, but for me, I actually think that that was a slight bit of bad luck on his part. But it just compounded the whole day, to be honest with you. And that's really how the game finished. The visitors took all three points, celebrating in front of their fans as if they'd just won the FA Uh, Cup. As you would. As you would. Yeah. A lowly two-side comes to... High flying late in Orient. In London. Bit of a local game and they win 2 1. Why would they not? I, yeah. If we were a Crawley podcast, we'd be going, yeah, absolutely. We'd be clapping them to the, until they. I think they, the were not, I think they were 19th in the, exactly. uh, in the league. They're yeah. now 16th. Exactly. So, yeah, massive let off for them. Yeah. So, Kenny Jackett's um, post match interview is on YouTube and just for time purposes, we're not going to play that today. But. I think he make. I think Kenny always makes good points. Doesn't throw anyone under the bus. Always explains what his decisions are and why he's made them. Um, I thought, considering we lost two one, again, I thought his interview was pretty decent. Yeah, he, he sees what we see. Hopefully now, again, we'll come on to. It. He's got a week now to prep his team for Tranmere, but he's got some big choices to make now. It's probably his first really, really big injury crisis since his time at Leighton Orient. So it's not like you've only got Smith and Riley injured. Which doesn't really matter when your team's doing well, but so, now, yeah, you know, big big players out, Beckles out, not playing. Prattley, okay, not first choice, but when you've got Hector out alongside him, it turns into a bit of a bit of a what to do. So it's going to be Clay, Clay and Young in the middle for next week. Do you think if Hector's not fit? I can't. And 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 assuming Darren Prattley is, I'm assuming he is for next Saturday. Yeah, two, two, yeah. So you got then Clay and. And Young, Matt Young in the middle, then maybe. I, I, I I'd be amazed if Matt Young, Matt Young starts that game. 
away to Tranmere, who are so one place above. So who does? I think you have to change formation and 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 maybe put someone, maybe Mitchell into centre midfield, or maybe put Kemp into a centre central midfield role. Matt Young is not ready to start away to Tranmere, mm. but the greatest respect in the world to Matt Young. Leave his papa top a loss. But he's on the bench. So I know, if he's good enough to be I on know, the bench. I I'd, I'd have to. Say, I'd I'd be amazed when you do your fan hub prediction tweet. Mm. I'd be interested if you put. There's no way Young can start that game. Mm. for me anyway. You might have to rejig the formation on it. Be an interesting one. But yeah, some big choices, some massive choices for Kenny to make. He has. I imagine they'll try and rush Hector back for that one. I don't. He he kind of played Hector again. I don't know how honest Kenny is or isn't. As we've seen, like we've spoken about, we've kind of tactics about we're really in hand too early. He said, Ken, he said Hector wouldn't even be training to Thursday or Friday and then they'd make the call. For all we know, Hector might be ready to go now and they're just not doing anything. But I imagine, I imagine if they know Hector won't be fit and probably can't play, then they'll be thinking about different formations they can play. Because I don't, I don't think it'd be fair to throw Young in for a game of that magnitude mm. for a full league debut with so much at stake with a team above you. If it was a cup game, and I could understand it. I don't think they'll. I never say never, but I'd be really surprised if Young starts that one. Mm. Interesting though. Yeah, it really. He, he does talk a lot about the opposition in his yeah. in his post match. How good they are. They did a job on us. They got one over us and all of that. And I think that that's it. Largely down to the fact that he doesn't want to single players out yeah. for, for criticism and then throw them under the bus, as you said. He never hangs them out to dry. It's a fair play to him. So the league table then that loss. I, I mean, just to go back quickly. If Crawley played like that every week, they wouldn't be nineteenth in the league. Right. Right. Sixteenth. So he's got a point when he's saying how well they played because. We smashed Wyndham 4-1. We smashed most teams who've come to us. And yesterday, it was pretty much the same starting team that Orient played and the same style and the same formation. And Crawley were better than us. Like, yeah. That's not debating. So Crawley did actually play really well. Like well above, They've even played well above their stations mm. or they played well below their stations for most of the season. Mm. But we played really badly to a well, man. Yeah. Lawrence Vigroux's kicking, which I was going to mention in my... In my um, in my views, was just appalling at times. Like kicking <laughs> it out, kicking it out for a throw in, and okay. slipped, slipped as he kicked one of them out, and and turned, uh, nearly turned over possession. So the league table then that loss saw us drop to ninth in League Two, having been at a lofty seventh. We've now played twenty one, uh, one seven, drawn ten, and we've only lost four. We've got a goal difference now of plus seventeen, and we've got thirty one points on the table. All right, so let's have your views in bit of the giant. Um, the inconsistency is killing us a bit here, I feel. The better teams can string a run of good results together and not have the highs and lows that we're experiencing. I can take losing, as I've said before, if we try hard, but it just doesn't work for us. And I absolutely will not tolerate losing and not trying hard. Lack of effort, lack of desire, just the basics. And today was very much the latter. Woeful long balls hit from all over the pitch, without exception. Without exception, as I said, Lawrence Figaro, even he, his kicking was off yesterday. Um, Prattley was poor again, and while his second yellow probably wasn't worthy of a yellow, he's still been sent off. Smith was ineffective. Drinnen huffed and puffed, but had nothing. Kemp lost possession at least twice while, while we were attacking, which then turned over possession, and they then countered us. Um, he looked lightweight there. Mitchell, definitely not a right-back, felt no. sorry for him. Um, I mean, I've not really been one to criticise Shadogi, but even he was noticeably poor yesterday. And others were as well, so I'm sorry, I don't mean to hang him out to dry at all, um, but I just noticed even he lacked uh, yesterday. Maybe not having Omar Beckles next to yeah, him has point. really made that difference. 
Uh, Dan Happy, I'm going to be a bit contrary here because I thought he was solid when he came on. He won his headers, got his tackles in. His kicking wasn't any worse than anybody else's on the um, uh, on the pitch. Um, yeah, as I say, I think I'm probably in the minority where I thought he come on and did well there. He won headers and put some good sliding blocks in uh, as well. Um, look, this was a terrible game, but it's only our fourth loss uh, of the season. There are many blips that we will have along the way and you know we're still in shout of the playoffs here it's only uh, mid-December so, or early December so it's really not going to be that much uh, of a problem long term I hope what we do need to do though is we do need to get a consistent run going um, what we have also seen is that our squad is looking a bit frail now with the injuries and suspension it obviously lacks some depth and I think you know we've got a small squad I think that Kenny's opted to go with a small squad that's got better quality rather than an average-ish squad that's bigger. Um, and that's just how some managers like to have it. And that's fair enough, but it does cause a problem when you've got injuries and suspensions uh, like we have. And I think actually, to criticise Kenny, I think he got a lot of the tactics wrong yesterday. The substitutions he made didn't make great sense. We didn't look like we had much of a game plan, which is why we were all running around, not picking players up allowing them to run in. I just think he got it wrong, tactically wrong yesterday. Yeah, I think he'll probably be uh, the first to agree with you there. So for me, like, like I said earlier, I saw this coming, I think, a little bit. Mm. And I don't know why. Maybe it was compla- complacency. Maybe I think just <coughs> that Swindon was such a high and it was so horrible yesterday. And it was crawly and you knew it was going to be a horrible game of football. It wasn't going to be good. I, I just thought this was coming. But off the back of that, I think questions have to be asked around desire and attitude. Like you said, you know, you, we can take losing when you, you try your hardest and play well when it doesn't come off for you but win it's a bit of a rubbishy performance like that it's just more disappointing than anything and I don't want this to turn into a massive criticism of Kenny Jacket but to bring on Dan Happy in that posi- position rather than like Connor Woods which was the obvious obvious substitution I think Connor Woods had a decent season so far there's obviously so I think this, we spoke about this last week as well Obviously, something going on there between Wood and Jacket. Obviously, there must be. There's no other reason for it. And the biggest frustration with losing to Crawley is that that was a huge opportunity to build on Swindon. Leaving that ground on Tuesday night, everyone was buzzing. There was a real sense that we could do something. Smith and Dryden were on fire. We'd put Swindon to the sword, and there was such a great positivity around the club. And then Saturday, 4 50, you're walking home in the rain, losing to Crawley, stepped out of the playoff places, and it's like, it's Orient it's typical Orient it's the same old Orient but it's so demoralising after that do you know what I mean Darren Prattley 36 years old I think you know if you get a booking in the 91st minute just just don't do it again or don't put yourself in that position to get a second booking get sent off like what are you doing mate what are you doing so really disappointing and like we said Kenny's got some big calls to make who plays right back against Tramier Tram is a big game who'd you play right back can't take Craig Clay out of midfield and play Craig Clay right because then you've got no oh, midfielders. Got no midfielders, and Clay's been so good in central midfield, you don't, you, you can't do that. So who goes to right back? Big choice for him. If Hector isn't fit, who do you play in centre midfield alongside Craig Clay? Big calls to make, very big calls to make against a Tranmere team who are going to be much tougher to beat than what they were two weeks ago in the FA Cup. This is a big game, really big game for him. Big calls for Kenny and Joe to make. It'd be interesting to see. What they do, I hope they make the right calls, but 
Again, great talking points for a podcast. Yeah, it's perfect. Like you couldn't, <laughs> couldn't really make it up. You couldn't even couldn't even script it. Um, so those were our views, and obviously we had a huge amount of negative yeah. feedback that came in after this match. So thanks to everyone who took the time to to send your uh, views into our social media accounts. And again, uh, we'll try and read out as many as we can, but just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. And obviously, as we mentioned earlier, they are our social media accounts are now sponsored by. Um, Town and Country, Hearts and Essex. Yeah, yeah. We're very proud to be sponsored by them. Tom Davies, E17, gets the first one this week. For all the good, for all the general good vibes about this side, this is certainly not a top three squad. It's too brittle. Yeah, Ollie underscore Sonnenfield said, absolutely dreadful all round. Bad performance from every single player. Complacency? Maybe. Only saving grace is that only one or two teams around us picked up points. That's a really good point, Ollie. Uh, Wrecker Blue App said, rubbish from the start to front. Outmanned and outgunned, appalling football, and practically isn't good enough for this level on recent performances. Kemp's had a shocker. We nearly got bullied out of Sutton and handled it. We got bullied out of it today. Yeah, That's we true. changed a word to bullied from the uh, Housery word that was going around oh, quite like a lot at full time yesterday. Richie J. Bourne said, What is it with Crawley? Underperformed today, poor in all areas, a gift of an equaliser, and then we switched off and returned the gift. Yeah, Frank Beavis said second best from start to finish. Crawley executed what they planned to and did a job on us. Hope James isn't out too long. Crawley will be absolutely delighted with their performance. Of course, they're probably champagne. They will love it. Yeah, Yeah. John W999 says complete shocker. They look like they've never met before setting foot on the pitch. Why is that completely lacking in confidence? Weird. Can't think of a single, even okay performance. Hopefully a blip. But James's injury is a major worry. Yeah, Ryan Peanut said, Where have all our players gone? Got a starting 11 and no other subs. Kenny Jackett played four centre-backs for 25 minutes in the second half. And that is criminal. We are fighting for a playoff place only. Not got enough. Yeah, SBD links. It's still less than 1.5 points per game. But now, after 21 games, what excuses are you all going to make for Kenny Jackett today? Beating the good teams is pointless. If you lose to Crawley, who are poor? Yeah, but then you'd argue if you beat the rubbish teams and you're not beating the, the, the Swindons and those that are around you, then are you good enough to go up? LOFC underscore Ed said, Crawley thoroughly deserved their win. Loose balls, no pressure in, uh, no movement and a thorough lack of desire with Prattley having a shocker and a half. Must be replaced and I don't get how we can go from playing so well against a top team on Tuesday to being so bad a few days later. Completely agree. Yeah, great tweet. If yeah. the morale in the dressing room is good and the vibe there is good and everyone's together like Harry Smith has alluded to, like we're all good lads, like we're all enjoying it, blah, blah, blah. If it's not a morale thing and there's and not a togetherness issue, then how are we how are we so up one minute and down the next? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, good point. R Coral, nineteen seventy two. Another new Twitter handle for mm. me there. He does make some baffling subs, Kenny. And decisions during the games. Bringing on Young instead of Royal was a head scratcher. Something has definitely gone on with Kenny and Wood as well. Orient Meat Pie said, Well, that was schizophrenic, Orient. After an amazing game in the week, we're back or losing. We're back, we're back out losing to Crawley. Disjointed today, never got going against the team, determined to spoil and break up the game at every opportunity. Some things never change. Dirk Turk just said, very poor, bad attitude, none of them turned up. Pressure on now to get points over Christmas. I underscore Walsh underscore said, we are in trouble now, practically suspended. Omar, James, Hector, Smith, they're all injured. How are we going to line up in midfield if Clay plays at right back? And how are we going to cope? think we can't blame Mitchell, a centre-back, for not performing like James. And I thought Kemp didn't play. He was awful. 
Well, any points on that one? Good point. I thought yes. Sorry, uh, I played Wood in James's <laughs> place. Uh, keep keep Theo at left wing back. That keeps the balance of the squad. Beckles Beckles isn't injured, thankfully, but hopefully. Um, in case he's not available, it would mean that you can keep Mitchell, Thompson and Ogie. Yeah, like we said, big, big choice there for Kenny to make yeah. going into Saturday. Parks, the 1881. So there were no redeeming moments or performances out there. The ref, we deserve nothing from the game, but mm. it's the officiating getting worse. When it goes on to say, what has Ralph Satori you've got to do to get a game? Yeah. And finished by saying, I already miss Tom James with a broken heart emoji. Dear Stu said, well, that week sums Orient up from the sublime to the absolute horrific. We were totally bleep housed for the whole game. Beckles is a massive miss. Prattley, don't get me started. Cannot play Clay and Prattley together. There's no creativity. Let's hope James isn't out for long. Yeah, LFC Teresa said, I always try to be positive, but this was the worst game I've seen. Players couldn't pass to each other and no shots on target. Ours was an own goal. Wood should have come on for James, in my opinion, and Ruel for impact. I'm hoping James is okay, as he is a crucial player in this team. Yeah, Mark Ros 07487103 said, We've been playing Russian roulette now for weeks with the squad. Looks like it's caught up with us. As for Prattley, he's done us a favour. Plays like he's stuck in treacle. Where, uh, where was he ever captain material? Wow, cutting there. 1965, AC, 1881. This is very far from start to finish. Maybe complacency after the recent home wins. No redeeming features, and even the goal was lucky. Miss Beckles badly, midfield non existent, typical Crawley performance, and the ref was a disgrace. Yeah, Law Matt 59. So we've got to learn how to play against teams like Crawley, who just come to spoil the game, and they succeeded and came away with three points. We must impose our style of play and not be rolled over. Yeah, like that point. Point. Yeah. good point. Bendy Bollard said, just one of those days. In fairness, Crawley were excellent and deserved the win. I think that we are a decent side, we're just missing a better know how to pick up ugly results. We are not quite at it. Hopefully, we can bounce back on Saturday. Ian Hutchinson, 08, said, Today was just one of those days. If we're going for the playoffs, these games you have to win. We looked devoid of ideas on how to break Crawley Town down. They'd done a job on us today. In my opinion, Kenny Jackett got the tactics wrong. With no game changes on the bench, you're always going to struggle. Stassi, Stassi said, reminded me a lot of the Harrogate game. Crawley's game plan was just to cause disruption and to ensure we never got into our rhythm. We never settled and couldn't get any decent passing moves together. The strikers were staffed, a decent service and support, an awful display. Yeah, E10 underscore rifle said, credit to Crawley, they deserved their win. We were a total shambles and our activity in the transfer window will define our season. Yeah, you kind of feel that's a big one coming up, though. Obviously. Very much it starts so. quite soon, actually. It's it does. Gone under the radar weeks. a little bit, yeah. yeah. Vince Howard, 73, says, truly awful game. Us for not looking interested. Crawley for their tactics and the ref for seeming to be a believer that football should be a non-contact sport. I must mention, though, why on earth did they think Mitchell could play as a wing-back? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Earlier, Kenny Jacket got it wrong. Boggs Dollocks one said, I gave Kenny the credit the other night so he can carry the can for that woeful performance. Crawley deserved the win, but why were we hoofing it? Not one shot on target is disgraceful. A ref with an agenda against us from the first minute. James missing is huge. A big performance needed next week. Clay at right-back, no Prattley, Hector or James. Beckles, a massive miss today as well. We need him back. There's a big window coming up. Yeah, another great point there. We've had eight shots at goal, but not one of them was on target. Crawley, conversely, had 16 shots at goal, Double. seven on target. That's unacceptable at home, to not have a shot on target. Didn't Morris well, make a save from Smith? It, or was Yeah, that... but it wasn't on target. It, oh, was, right, it, okay. could, it could have gone on to the near post. Right, yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's rubbish, isn't it? When you see it like that, that's Potentially. Rubbish. I mean, you might argue that that... When he made the save, but... Wasn't going to. Okay. Wasn't, yeah. All right. Fair play. Orient underscore fans. So poor performance, but remember, never get too high or get too low. Bad day at the office. Yeah. But we'll bounce back next week. Great tweet. Yeah, okay. I mean, we, we could be sitting here next Sunday going, after a 3 0 win away at Tramway, going, amazing. Back back in seventh in League One. It's all dandy again. It's, you never know, do you? But that's the point, is about the consistency. Exactly, yeah. We're, we're inconsistent. That's the only consistent thing How? about us. The occasional one said, that was borderline diabolical. We were 100% outplayed. Everyone could see it wasn't working after 15 minutes and it needed changing. The first time I've doubted Mr. Jacket's ability, and I hope it's the last. Molly Fotley 2019. So it just shows how important Beckles is with Happy, Mitchell, and Ogie being exposed without him and lacking now. Losing James is a blow. Happy's inability to pass and distribute the ball is simply embarrassing. He's not up to the level. Quality did a job on us, assisted by a poor ref. He digs out Dan Happy there, but Dan Happy was no worse than anybody else on the pitch. I don't quite understand what the agenda is there. I thought Dan Happy, as I said earlier, come on, one his headers was strong, hard to get um, to get ahead of. Um, all right, he's not blessed with pace, but that's not his game. Um, anyway, Wiggy underscore cut said, "Crazy how we're still playing this god awful formation and putting our best attacker at wing back. It's not like we've done this before, <laughs> have we?" Kenny Jacket has to be questioned. Bringing on Happy instead of Wood, four centre backs at one point, mental. Yeah, Chris Calto says it was definitely a bad day at the office against one of our bogey teams. The reactions of some fans though is unbelievable. We don't become a poor team overnight. Yes, we were poor, not helped by the continuous gamesmanship and an utterly inept referee. Chris, I will say happy birthday. So it's his Facebook uh, birthday. So it's Facebook birthday. So it's his birthday today on Facebook. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Chris. Yeah, I hope you've had a good one. Final word this week uh, goes to Ian David 1234 who said the euphoria of Tuesday night is flattened by a very sloppy and poor performance. Extremely frustrating. A tired and lacklustre display Orient were not in the game. Silly bookings and unnecessary sending off and Crawley came with a game plan and it worked. That was a great mm. final tweet there. Very so good. those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. An awful lot of tweets mentioned, but like we say every week, they're all tweets that come into us. We're so happy to have all the engagement that we have, so keep sending them our way. And let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the points that have been made in this podcast or that we've read out on Twitter. You can let us know by tweeting us at Orient Outlook on Twitter or on Facebook where you, you can find us simply at Orient Outlook Podcast. We're also on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Or if you're not on social media and you like using email, we like using email too. So give us an email at Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. Yeah, absolutely. So the Carol Langley Florist Prediction League update. Well done to Kid Sampson O and Les LK52. It impresses me whoever gets this right you both get three points. So that means um, that you get uh, an extra three points added on and the top of the prediction league... Yeah, still as it was. So 80 points, still Nino underscore Barone. It's there to be one, ladies and gentlemen. These The top the top lot aren't taking any points, so we all it needs is a bit of a run from someone else. 16 points in second place, Leighton Oi and Parksy 18, 81 and 12 points. LOFC Teresa thanks to everyone who has given us their predictions still loads and loads and loads coming in and like we said sponsored by Carol Langley uh, Florist and it was great to see John in the South Stand on Tuesday for only his first league game of the season yeah. so John been crazy busy hasn't he got to get yourself down there mate because yeah. when you're there the O's are on fire so that completes the disappointment that was Crawley Town or maybe it doesn't 
Yeah, well, no, it does. But Kid Samson O and Les LK fifty two go into the hat for oh, a for a uh, prize draw from John and the t- Tina and the team at Carol Langley for the end of the month. Yeah, prize draw. Good luck to both of those gents. So let's go to Sunday, the twelfth of December. So two big O's games taking place today. We'll start with the youth team who are away to Chelsea in the FA Youth Cup third round. This one kicked off at midday. First half ended with the hosts three 0 up. Chelsea also hit the bar and the post in the first seven minutes. Relentless pressure from the Premier League youth team. Yeah, second half. We got a goal back in the 63rd minute, thanks to Jeff the Tanga, but Chelsea added a fourth in the 78th minute to effectively kill the game off. And that's really how it ended, with the O's youngsters bowing out um, at the third round of the FA Youth Cup 4-1. It is no shame or disgrace. You should all, if any of the youth team, uh, anyone involved there listening, um, we are proud of you. Uh, for getting that far, it is absolutely no shame to 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 go out to these guys. The comp, the Chelsea, I, I, the I watched, um, I had the game on in the background. The Chelsea commentator said that the Chelsea team, the way that they coached them, they hadn't played together before. But the way they are trained, as we were talking about before we started broadcast, uh, started recording, was that they they I think they're trained in their positions. Yeah. Um. So it's impressive that that the Chelsea young lads can do that as well. Yeah. Clearly got a good talent pool there. Fair play, fair play. Unlucky young O's. So that was the first game of the day for the O's. Second was the ladies. They were in action at home to Tower Hamlets Reserves. This one kicked off at 2pm. We are delighted to report that the ladies team did another thrashing. Ran out 10-0 winners. Well done to ladies. Things that you love to see. Goals galore. So at one hour... 21 minutes at 10.35pm, which is extremely late to be still doing a podcast. It is. Let's wrap this bad boy up. It's a big one, absolutely. Fantasy Football Update. Jack Merritt is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, on 1,303 points. Just ahead of Stuart Coleman in second place. Steve is up into 207th Mm. out of 315 players. So there are obviously matches that happened today, so that's not fully updated, but... Can't imagine too much is going to change. No, it wasn't about many big teams in action today. So let's do positives and negatives then. I think I'd done negatives last week, so I'll do positives this week then. Three positives. First up, that Swindon result. I've just Four sneaked, positives. I've just another okay, one in. you snuck another one in. First one, Swindon result. What a game it was on Tuesday night. Best half of football I've seen down the O's in many a year. The second positive, Dryden and Smith. 13 goals each this season. Who would have thought we'd mm. be sitting here early December or mid December? Mm. Talking about those two, both having 13 goals each. Incredible, great stuff. And Theo Archibald also goes down as a positive, especially from that Swindon. Well, his performance against Swindon, pretty much. Two assists. Um, or actually, he scored yesterday, didn't he? So, decent week for Theo Archibald, although... Well, it's, it's credited as an own yeah, goal. Yeah. Oh, OK. It's been credited as Glenn Morris's goal because... An assist? Him Does he get an assist for an own goal? Probably. I would. I, I would. All right, well played, Theo I mean, Archibald. He'll, he'll want that as a goal, but... That technicality is that that's an own goal. Okay. And the bearded Lejande loves the positives. He snuck another one in there. So well done to the ladies who we just mentioned. Yeah. Ten, Ten nil. nil. I mean, it's a thrashing and a half that really, isn't it? Yeah. So the negatives uh, fall to me uh, to do this week. So Crawley Town, the result, of, uh, we've just put Crawley. I think Crawley is a negative. As a, as a whole. So it's not the nicest place in the world. But no, you Even know. your attendance was rubbish, Crawley. Not that yeah. Listen. Yeah. Uh, small club. And uh, injuries <laughs> and players that are unavailable. We're now looking at a pretty big roster here. We've got uh, Tom James, Omar Beckles, uh, Hector Kiprianu, Paul Smith, 
uh, and Callum Riley. You know, hopefully when Keaton comes back, he can start getting to work on fixing them too and making sure they don't break down again. And obviously the fourth, uh, sorry, the third and final negative this week is losing a very good CEO. I hope the club's uh, robust interview and selection process for his replacement proves to be as good as the one that they had in finding Danny in the first place. Big, big shoes to follow in Mr. Macklin. So yeah. let's do the Cal Langley Flores here of the week, speaking of that. So, no uh, on Twitter this week. It was a unanimous decision or an Outlook podcast tower, wasn't it, Carol Langley Flores? So yesterday's, uh, following yesterday's result, obviously. So, the Carol Langley Flores hero of the week is... Danny Macklin. So fair to mention the performances of Drinan, sorry, Drynan, I kept saying that in last week's show, it is Drynan, Smith and Archibald from Tuesday night's performances, but we're going to give it wholeheartedly and deservedly to Mr Macklin. Yeah, absolutely. So well done to you, Danny. Yeah, so next week's fixtures one. And so just the one fixture coming up for the O's. So we travel to Tranmere Rovers on Saturday, the 18th of December. It's quite a big game now, basically, because Tranmere are one place, one point above us in the league. They beat Exeter away 1-0. Great result for them yesterday. They've won two, drawn one, lost two of the last five games. In the home form, out of nine games, they've won six, not drawn one, lost three, which means they uh, have taken 18 points uh, from their home game. So they scored 10 yeah. goals at home and only conceded six. One will draw it and all over it. One will draw. If they've not drawn at home, you know Kenny Jackets when I'm at home, we will we'll get yeah. the draw. But, you know, big game for us. Like we've said, some big choices for Kenny to make. Tough team to play. They don't concede many, but we've got to go there, show no fear, and hopefully this time next Sunday we'll be celebrating a win. Ah, well, fingers crossed. Sponsorship reminder, so don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so that, that is, is it. it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining us for episode 268, in a week where many fans thought points were achievable. We just didn't expect them to get or happen the way it did. An outstanding performance against Swindon on Tuesday was completely contrasted with the performance against Crawley Town on Saturday. Yeah, we've got a full week on the training ground now. Hopefully, this one will give Tom James, Hector Kipriano and Omar Beckles as well, and dare we say it, Paul Smith, time to recover and be ready for next week's match at Tranmere. Might be too soon for them, so Kenny Jacket will have to be resourceful with the squad that he has available. Yeah, as always, we hope to be talking about a win and three points this time next week in the final episode of 2021 of the podcast. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star review. I think we're still on 94. I checked yesterday. Still on 94. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitch, or whatever platform you're listening on, add us to your favourites. And that way, you'll get all the podcasts saved uh, to your devices as soon as they are uploaded. We are also on FanHub and on all smart speakers listening to the pod it's got even easier and we say it all the time don't forget to pass the pod so an older relative a loved one orient chum anyone get the devices grab their phones download the pod yeah. for them so episode 269 the last one of 2021 is coming your way next, next Sunday yeah with all the information and views that you could ever need we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week this tune is dedicated to Mr. Macklin. We know Wham are one of his favourite acts, so for you, Mr. Macklin, this is for you. Keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.
Just